Hello, coders. <laughs> Good afternoon. It is like 20, well, it's 8 o'clock here in England. Welcome to episode 82 of the House Code Well podcast. Today we're going to be talking about pull requests and why I think pull requests, well, everyone should learn pull requests. They're so, so valuable for web developers and software engineers alike, especially if you're working in a team and uh, why you should use them if you're just on your own. Um, so <coughs> before we get into uh, the, today's show, a couple of apologies. Um, I am very sorry for not doing these live streams uh, as often as usual. I have just been super, super busy. Uh, and um, yeah, you know, I've just been incredibly busy. I've also had a bit of a cold myself. So meh. Um so I want to try and do these a little bit more regularly and have a little bit more of a focused topic for each one. There is the opportunity, obviously, because this is live, to um, to ask questions. So if you've got any questions that you would like to ask, either about the topic or anything else, then uh, do let me know throughout the show, and I will uh, answer those uh, probably at the end uh, if if there's any questions going. Of course, there is our Discord server. Um, if you've got any coding questions, YouTube is terrible. Uh, the comment section is terrible for asking coding-related questions. If you've got any code that you want to put out to uh, to share, then don't do it in the YouTube comments. <laughs> it's just text, and you can't format code very well. Do that in our Discord server. Go to howtocodewell.net forward slash Discord and uh, join. It's totally free to join. There is a coding help channel there. Um, and, uh, I'm in there and, and lots of other people in there. It's a, it's a, it's a lovely community that's growing there, uh, of developers. <coughs> and also talking about pull requests, something that we've done recently, uh, because I do a lot of streaming on, on YouTube as well as, um, the, the tutorials here on, uh, on, on, sorry, I do a lot of streaming on Twitch. I do a lot of streaming on Twitch and the tutorials here on YouTube. Excuse me. And, um, with, uh, with the Twitch, um, live streams, we've, we've been building the how to code well, um, website. We've been doing that for a while. It's, uh, Gatsby on the front end. It's PHP on the back end. Um, there's, uh, MySQL in between and, uh, other bits and pieces too. And what I've done recently is, um, I have, uh, I've open sourced areas of the code as well as the content or some of the content. So the howtocodewell.net website, if you don't know, will eventually host all of the courses here that is on YouTube on that website, as well as all the premium courses that I've been doing too. And, um, with the, with the free courses, I would like to have some course, uh, notes. And what we've been doing and transcripts and other bits and pieces. And what I've been doing is open sourcing that there is a, a GitHub repository of course notes that you can download it kind of filters in quite nicely to the topic of this show, which is pull requests because uh, we've recently had our first few pull requests come in from the community. Um, and uh, they've been adding course notes, transcripts, uh, fixing typos, all of that kind of stuff. So if you want to check that out, then do, um, uh, go over to Twitch, have a look at the old, old VODs. I live stream, 
um, every Sunday at 14.30 and usually uh, Tuesday mornings. Um, but anyway, let's get into, let's get into this. Pull requests. First of all, I suppose, what are they? Um, and then, and then once I've discussed what they are, let's discuss why we need them. <laughs> so a pull request is a way for you to request a, a piece of code to be merged into a particular branch of the code repository. Now I've used a lot of words there. Um, a code repository, let's take a couple of steps back, is a place to store code. And when I started, probably we're talking 20 odd years ago, uh, we were using uh, SVN. That was the way we would store code in source control. So in SVN. Um, and then uh, as the years went on, of course, we all, and all went on to Git. Uh, I had to self-teach myself. I self-taught Git. Um, and it's only really been recently, I suppose in the last year or so that I've actually been using pull requests. Um, and, uh, gosh, they've changed. They have changed the way I develop and they've changed the way that I look at, uh, web development. So a pull request, like I said, is you submitting a request to change or add some code. And that gives you ownership over that piece of code, right? As in, as in you can see who wrote that piece of code. There is a history to that. Um, it's like a threaded history. You can see uh, what was changed. You can mark that pull request to a particular issue. It doesn't have to be GitHub. It could be Bitbucket or, hey, it's Git. So it's just the way Git works. <coughs> so the idea is that you would, you would um, write some code and then you would submit that into a a particular branch and before that gets merged into a branch that gets reviewed by someone it's a it's a, a pull request so you're requesting a pull of your code into the main sort of particular branch um and then that gets reviewed and then that gets merged and then for the whole history of that piece of code in that source control your name is down, your username is down as the person who wrote that change to that particular piece of code. And with that code comes um, a sort of a background, a history. You can actually discuss changes in there. And, and, and as I said, connect those two issues. It's a really, really, really good way of creating historical data around a code base. And like I said, uh, I don't know how. It sounds, it's embarrassing to say that, for the, I don't know, for the majority of my career, I have not done pull requests. Um, God knows how I've, I've managed that. But, um, throughout the SVN days, there was no pull requests. Um, at the start of the GitHub days, there was no pull requests. It's really only been a, the, the year or so that, um, we've anything that I do now project wise with the clients that I've got has to be done through pull requests. So any code that I write needs to be approved by someone. That is the whole point of this. It's like putting a barrier of entry. You cannot just submit code willy-nilly into the source control without it being approved, without it being validated and uh, thumbed up, uh, you know, as as approved. Um, which changes the game quite a bit. It changes the game. There is no way to hide, <laughs> nowhere to hide because your name is down as the person who wrote that piece of code. 
um, which means that you take ownership of that. Um, and, and you can go back into the history and find out who wrote what and, and what the issue was related to, uh, which in, in one way is quite scary. So there's, there isn't any kind of corners to cut. There isn't any kind of like, oh, I'll just sneak this in here without anybody knowing about it type thing. Um, because that you can't do that. You can't do that. Your code is tied to a username and that username lives forevermore in that pull request. Ah, <laughs> uh, so, um, let me just move over to, uh, this is all, I stream on Twitch. This is, so this is all very weird. Let me just, uh, move some windows around. Okay. So I can actually see my notes. <laughs> Let's talk about the five reasons why you should learn how to use pull requests. I've kind of talked about what they are, but let's talk about why you should learn them. And uh, what if if I could go back to my former self, say uh, 10, 15 years ago, I would probably be saying, learn how to do pull requests. And this is why. So pull requests share knowledge and code, knowledge about the project, but also about the code that that uh, changes the features that uh, um, relates to certain bugs, you share that across your team. And knowledge is power. So, for example, if someone was to um, just solely, and, and I'm talking from experience here, if, for instance, I was to write some code and I was working on a project and I was given a feature and that feature was just for me. And I spent the past three weeks just writing that feature out and nobody else was touching that at all. Um, and then I went on holiday and whilst I was on holiday, it failed. <laughs> nobody would really truly know the ins and outs of that. But with a pull request, you're, you're having to get people who are outside of that particular feature or outside of that particular project to actually review your code, which is super, super, super important. Um, because you are quite, when you code, well, you know, talking from experience, when I code, I get quite blinkered. I get quite blinkered and it becomes quite finite as in like, I forget all the other bits around the code. I'm just working on this one singular issue. And sometimes you need to take a step back and look at the whole project and look at how that thing is actually going to affect the project going forward or whether that's going to impact another feature that someone else is doing that you're not necessarily aware of. And so having the ability for people to have insight into your code is extremely, extremely valuable because they can look and, uh, they can, they can give you feedback. Um, you know, it's, it's a whole messaging type thing, you know, a discussion type stuff. They can request changes for, of that code before it actually gets merged in. Um, and I must say the first time I actually did a pull request, um, was terrifying. Absolutely. Ter I'm a contractor, right? I'm a contractor. So, Anything I do, um, it's kind of like a, a mark of my experience, a mark of my how good I am type thing. And if I was to forget something or if I was to come put in a stupid typo or if I was to just put in a, a, a bug by mistake or 
commit some debug code by accident. That shows you, shows the level of um, accuracy that you actually are applying to your work. And so as a contractor, it's always a check as to how good you are. <laughs> um, so it's, it was, it's, it, when I first did it, it was very terrifying because it was like, Oh my God, now this, now they're actually going to, now I'm doing the big reveal. This is, this is, you know, I've passed, I've passed the tests. I've passed the exams. I've passed the interviews. And now you actually want to see my code. <laughs> Whereas some other contracts I've done before, it's kind of like, yeah, I've passed the interview and I've passed the test. Uh, but, uh, here's the work done. Um, you know, go away, Pete, go away and do the work and then come back when it's done and then push it up to the servers. I don't want to see it. Just do it. Um, some, some of the contracts has been like that, which has been fine. You know, that's just the way they've worked, right? Um, maybe, maybe those, they weren't working. I wasn't working in, um, such a, a large team. This is the thing. This is the thing with, um, and, and I don't want to say there's a right way or wrong way of doing it because this does take time. That's the thing. Um, if you are getting your code reviewed, then not only does that prevent the code from being merged into the, into the source control immediately, but it also takes someone else's time away from what they're doing because they have to then review your work and they have to get into your headspace. They can't just, um, they, you know, they can't just chop and, ch I mean, we, we're developers. We, we find it very difficult to change from one task to the other. And so if you're asking a, another developer who doesn't have time, who is already pushed on their projects and their, and their features and their bugs to review your work, then that's a problem. And so I'm constantly apologizing. <laughs> for it even though it's part of part and parcel i would probably i would probably say on a daily basis i probably do about i don't know five maybe six pull requests um total and you know sometimes it's less than that depends on the on the actual feature um but then I, on the flip side to that i am reviewing um six seven odd pull requests a day which is, which is fine because then you, like I said, you're sharing knowledge, which is the first point here. You're sharing knowledge, but as a disadvantage, I haven't got disadvantages on this list, but as a disadvantage, it takes time. And so there is an educational piece that, um, clients, uh, need to have to accept that just because you've written some code doesn't mean that that's actually going up to production straight away. It needs to be approved. It needs to be merged. It then needs to be tested again on another environment and so on and so forth. But that's another, that's another thing. Um, so not only do you have approval or should get approval on your code, but um, you're also learning about other areas of code. So on the flip side of that, when you're reading someone else's code, you are gaining lot knowledge about the features that the other person is creating. And so you gain foresight and this is kind of the contradictory point to the point of it takes time because you are now seeing what another feature is doing. And therefore, if that developer goes on holiday, you can then take over what, where that developer left off because you've seen their code. You know what they are doing. So, so it's pass and parcel, right? So, um, if you're, if you're, if you're reading someone else's code, you're also, um, seeing how they code. 
which means that, um, well, there's, there's more than one way to skin a cat, right? There's more, more than one way to do something. And they might do something differently to how you would do that. And, I mean, you might may have a concern about perhaps performance, or you may have learned something from the code that you've seen. Um, I always say this, we read code far more than we write code. And a pull request is just that. We are reading code, other people's code, <laughs> uh, far more these days by doing a pull request. And so you gain knowledge not only on um, their features that other people are are uh, writing, but you're also gaining knowledge um, about programming. You are learning programming. You are learning the framework, perhaps, if you're using a framework. You're learning more features in that, um, which is great. Uh, number three is silly mistakes are highlighted quickly. So, as, as I mentioned before, um, with typos. <laughs> oh, my word, do I create typos. Um, yes, yeah, so silly mistakes are caught far earlier. Um, for example, I mentioned that um, doing some, p passing in some debug code for by accident, dumping stuff out by accident. <coughs> yes, it's perfectly fine to do it on a local machine, but um, don't put that into your, your pull requests. A pull request should be um, as ready as possible to go up to the next environment. Um, so it's, it's beyond develop ready, right? Um, so silly mistakes are highlighted and, uh, you, it's not just things like typos. It can also be things like, uh, recursive loops or race conditions or anything else that someone else can spot. Um, <laughs> this has caught me out a lot, a, a, a lot. There has been, um, some pull requests keep, are open for days, right? With discussions, with, with, uh, with, with discussions and some pull requests spawn off other pull requests. So for example, if I'm writing a feature in a single pull request, then maybe I want to break that down into separate pull requests or perhaps, um, when we look at, when I look at perhaps a, a, a specification for a feature, I don't fully appreciate the ins and outs of it until I actually get into the code and how it's going to impact other things. And therefore that perhaps spawns off other work units, work packages, which themselves quite rightly have their own series of pull requests. Pull requests also, um, document the bugs, the fixes, the features, um, because you can split those off into their own sort of, um, branch names. So for example, bugs forward slash, and then maybe the bug number or some description about the bug or fixes. And then the fixed number, if that's how you're doing it, or perhaps, um, you know, features and then forward slash, and then the feature number or the ticket number or, or what have you. Um, so that is a very quick way of, of seeing, um, you know, what bugs have been raised and fixed, uh, what, uh, what features have been fixed in this particular iteration of a sprint. <coughs> the fourth one is, um, as I've mentioned, the history, the historical data. Uh, so you can actually go back and see who wrote the code and when, um, you can see if they've left any comments, you can see if that piece of code was as associated to an issue. 
uh, GitHub and I think Bitbucket all have the integration where you can um, where you can link an issue to a pull request. There's also ways that you can close uh, an issue automatically by doing a hash and then the issue number in the the pull request, uh, which is nice. Um, there's a debate as to whether you should squash your commits in a pull request. So, for example, if you're doing a lot of merging, so if you've got a long-standing pull request um, and maybe the main branch or whatever branch it is, the, the central branch, um, has moved on quite a bit, you're going to be merging your that branch into your pull request probably on a daily basis, if not twice a day, uh, depending on how many changes to that main branch there is. Um, and of course, that is just going to uh, make your history humongous, right? Because you're, you're, you're having to commit that stuff in uh, to synchronize your, your pull request. Um, and so one could say, why don't you just squash your commits? Um, personally, I don't like doing that uh, because I like to have the history uh, you lose your, the history when you do that. Um, I can see the benefit of doing it because it makes the uh, the overview of the the repository cleaner, right? But when you're looking dialing down into a single pull request, it's it's quite nice to to uh, to see that to see all of that. <coughs> and I've made some really terrible mistakes, um, which I've managed to fix. Uh, I've merged branches in where I shouldn't have. Um, obviously I didn't push those up, but you, you can see if you've done that, (laughs) um, before you do a squash. So doing a squash to me is kind of like, that's it. There's no turning back type, type affair. You can obviously roll that back, but then that you just get into a mess. Um, anyway, number five is a point of discussion. So this is, um, as I mentioned before, when you do a pull request, you are basically allowing someone to comment on your own work and uh, they have the ability to approve it uh, or request changes, which means that there is a discussion, which means that you can talk about the work, you can talk about the feature, the, the bug fix. And um, it's a place for technical discussions. It's a place where you can link to other issues or other other things. Um, and uh, it's really, really useful. And especially in GitHub world, when you can actually write code in sort of example code, if you will, within code formatting, within the, the markdown, in the actual discussion which is really, really, really good. Really, really, really good. It's, um, I'm, re- I, I am a big fan of Markdown, big, big fan of Markdown. And having that in the discussion of code is so, so useful. Um, because you can, you can talk about how to do things differently and you can give examples of those differently as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's very, very, very useful. Uh, it's one of these pull requests are one of these things that I've always known that I should have learned, but I just never got around to it. Um, when I was studying uh, college university, it was all SVN, all SVN. Um, and then when I got to the, my first job, that was in SVN. I was there for four years. Second job, I was there for about two and a half years. That was all SVN. Um, 
and then it's been SVN up to, I think, probably, well, I can remember, I can remember, um, about six years into my career having a discussion about whether or with other developers, whether or not to jump on the Git, Git bandwagon, bandwagon, um, and whether that was a, you know, that, that we should, we should consider changing. And I was using this thing called Tortoise SVN. That was, that was, oh gosh, that's going back, back a bit. Um, this is when, this is when I was working on Windows. <laughs> that's how old that this is. Um, Cause I'm, I now work on Linux and, and, and Macs. Um, and, uh, but, but I had to teach myself Git. I had to teach myself Git and it was so weird because, um, a lot of stuff was done through the command line. Um, and at that time I wasn't really into the command line. I was using, uh, like I said, Tortoise SVN, which is the, the Windows GUI. Um, and I liked that because it was nice and comfortable. You could see your branches, you could see what you were doing. Um, but with Git, it was, it was a big jump. It was a big, big jump. And I remember with, with Git, the, one of the biggest problems I had with it was to wrap my head around the whole decentralization of the repository. Uh, the fact that I could take the repository away with me <laughs> was bonkers. Um, I, I couldn't, I just couldn't get my head around that. And I remember having long or being involved in long discussions with other developers talking about this and how some developers were saying it was a bad idea and some developers were saying it was a good idea and then just sort of, you know, slowly learning how to do this. But there wasn't, there hasn't ever been a requirement from a, from a, a from the early days when I was working, um, as, as a full-time developer, as well as a freelancer, um, for using pull requests or Git. It was all SVN until I guess probably in the last five years ish, uh, five, six, maybe seven years moved to Git. And then really it's been the last sort of year and a year and a half that I've actually done pull requests. And that is actually quite a shameful thing. So if you are learning code, um, at the moment, and you want to up your game with software engineering and web development, then I would dip your toe into Git um, and source control and eventually get onto pull requests. And what you can do with pull requests, you see, is you can write your own pull request and then you can merge your own pull request in. That is a great way of that. Well, that's the way I kind of learned how to do it. So I would create myself different users. Um, <laughs> It sounds ridiculous, but I would create myself different users and one user would perhaps be the user that does the approval and another user is the user that does the commit of the, does the pull request. And what I would do is I would log out of machine, log into the, to the approval user and then approve that. And then that was how I got my head around the whole permission side or not the permission side, but the whole, the whole decentralization side of things. Um, and also, uh, and, and also another thing that, ha- that helped with, the, with learning Git was doing it on multiple machines, multiple machines, doing, doing it on both my iMac and my, the MacBook Pro here. And, um, at the time it was a, a Linux desktop, um, and a, and a Windows laptop with, uh, I think it was a, I think it was a, a, a Ubuntu boot 
uh, boot partition. Um, and anyway, I would, I would run some code, I would commit it, and then I would m- merge it up to this, the repository and then I pull it down from another. That was another thing. Pulling down code, that was weird. Um, and merging, that was so weird. And conflicts and rebasing, that was super weird. There's a lot about Git that I still don't know. Um, unfortunately, hence why I haven't done a Git course, a course in it. I could do a course in Tortoise SVN, but then nobody does uses that anymore. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you're, if you're learning code, um, I definitely, well, I recommend learning Git. Definitely recommend learning Git. And then eventually start learning how to do pull requests and what they actually are. Um, it's very difficult to explain what they are without actually demonstrating what they are and having multiple people sort of, uh, use, uh, sort of as examples to show someone merging it in and committing code and doing pull requests and so forth. Now, one thing I should mention is that I said that, you know, before, before you merge code into a, a centralized branch, it needs to be approved. That's not always the case. Um, with GitHub and Bitbucket, there is uh, a way that you can put rules in place to prevent people from just merging into a centralized, um, sort of your, your, your main, main source. I'm trying to avoid the word master. That's usually what the, 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 uh, the branch is called, or it could be main. I think that's the new one in Git at the moment, main. Um, so what you would do is you would flag those particular, uh, branches with permissions or rules. I think they call them rule sets. Uh, so you would say that no code can be merged into this branch unless it's been approved or, uh, and then you can go one step further and saying, you know, an approval needs to be taken by, needs to be done by two other developers and you would assign the developers. That's how open source, um, maintainers work, right? So if you've got an open source project, what you would do is you would have a, a series of maintainers and they would all be given privileges, um, certain privileges. Uh, you can't just, you simply can't just merge code into the main branch of an open source project. It needs to go through a series of, of uh, uh, verification, validation, testing, um, approval. And this is the, the pull request is your first sort of entry into that. So you would write some code. Uh, maybe you've, you've, you've forked the project to fix a bug, fix an issue. Um, and then you would, you would submit that as a pull request. And then, like I said, it doesn't always happen straight away. It could be days. It could be even weeks, especially in the open source world. Someone would get hold of that. One of the maintainers would then, um, either simply approve it and it goes straight in. Or, um, usually what happens is that perhaps them, someone will ask you to change something or there'll be a discussion or a topic on it, especially if there needs to be two people to approve that pull request. There's usually a bit of a, a bit of a back and forth, which is perfectly, perfectly fine. Um, and yeah, so it's not one of these things. It's not a quick, a quick in type thing, um, which is, which is why I think that when I started as a web developer, um, these things weren't necessarily, um, used because there was always that fear. So I can see a spider up there. There's all, there was always this sort of underlying notion that, um, it would take too long for other developers to code review their own work. And I think as time has gone on, um, there's been more 
emphasis on code reviews. Um, there's been more emphasis on, on people checking code and sharing knowledge um, with code. You've got the open source stuff. I guess when I started GitHub, I can't even remember whether GitHub was actually a thing. Um, but you've got more places like that now. You, I mean, GitHub, you've got Bitbucket, you've got GitLab. All of those things are promoting um, sharing knowledge, sharing code through open source. And a way to do that is through pull requests. So that's that's what I wanted to talk about today, <laughs> really, is uh, pull requests and how, why you should learn pull requests. Sorry, it's been a bit slapdash today. Um, but uh, I'm just, uh, I thought I needed to do, a, I wanted to do another podcast and I wasn't, I, I just, it was one of those things. It was uh, coming, arming and ahhing about it downstairs as to whether or not to uh, to jump on and just go go with it. Um, so uh, <laughs> here I am. Anyway, the next time I will be live will be on Twitch on Sunday, uh, Sunday at fourteen thirty GMT, and we are going to be working through the um, the How to Code Well website. As I mentioned at the start of the show, it's Gatsby on the front end. PHP on the back end. It's PHP uh, built in Symphony 5. Uh, it's a series of APIs. And uh, and there's a CMS there too. And what we're going to be doing is I'm going to be discussing more about the, uh, the, the open source side of that project. It's going to hold all of my courses. There's about 16 courses on there at the moment. Uh, roughly 125 um uh, uh, tutorials that cover those 16 courses. Um, <coughs> and the course notes, they're going to be community-based notes on each of the tutorials. And there's people at the moment who are helping me write those things out. If you would like to contribute, then uh, I'll put a link in the show notes. I'll put a link in the show notes below. But anyway, that's me. Happy coding, everybody. And I'll see you, hopefully, on Twitch on Sunday, 14.30 GMT. Bye-bye.